Welcome to The Real Deal with Jason Silverman, the podcast dedicated to helping you build the business of your dreams and live the life you always hoped for, with valuable and fun tips and info to make your life easier and more fun. And now, here's your host, a man who sprinkles metal shavings on his breakfast cereal just for fun, Jason Silverman. everybody and welcome to The Real Deal with Jason Silverman. I'm your host Jason Silverman and I'm thrilled to share some time with you once again today. As you know, I'm always on the hunt for interesting as well as super smart Real Deal guests and I got to tell you, today's show is a spot on winner. I want to introduce my listeners to somebody who's truly been there and done that and I'm excited to pick his brain for your benefit and quite honestly also for my benefit. So enjoy that. Now, For the folks who I work with in any of my coaching programs, my mastermind group, or through Powerful Words Character Development or All-Star Cheer Sites, you know how much I focus on the importance of goal setting and goal getting, right? Well, this show is going to help us to do just that. So today it's going to be my honor and privilege to share an amazing resource with you. You're going to love today's guest. He's got a ton of valuable information about what I consider to be a super hot topic. And this is something to help you succeed quickly efficiently and consistently okay as i'm sure you already know i'm committed to helping business owners just like you to become more successful enjoy your career more and in general make your life significantly more fun as far as i know we only get one trip around this merry-go-round and we want to make sure that it is one hell of a ride Alrighty, boys and girls, it is now that time. I want you to stop surfing Facebook, put away your phone, your tablet, your dog, your cat, your spouse, your significant other, whatever. Anything that could possibly steal your attention from this show. It's just that important. Alright, so before we get going, I want to give you a little bit of background about our guest today. Alright? Uncompromising, formidable excellence. That's Robert Mallon in three words. He's a nationally recognized professional speaker, business coach, mentor, and meeting facilitator. His students also tell him he's an extraordinary life guide. Over the last 35 years, he's worked for several nationally known corporations as a leader and manager. In 2002, he became an entrepreneur and was soon experienced and soon was soon experienced in starting and running his own business. He has great passion for helping men and their companies grow. Helping both live up to their full potential has turned into his life's passion. He's now fulfilling that mission at the Rusty Lion Academy. Robert, I'm thrilled to have you. Welcome to The Real Deal. Thank you so much, Jason. Super excited to be here with you. Spectacular. Listen, before we get started, you know, for those who haven't yet had the opportunity to meet you or hear you speak, take a second. You know, what are you passionate about? What makes you tick? Who is Robert Mellon? Hey, what I'm really, really excited about, and you know, just in life, I feel like I was kind of created to do this, but to help people, uh, I kind of see that they were created on purpose for a purpose, and most people kind of think that they can maybe get to here, you know, a little bit up, and uh, but I kind of feel like they were created to really go far. And so what I love to do is work with people and kind of change their thinking a little bit to where they can see more possibilities and vision for their life, and then to systematically help them get there. I I do believe this, Jason. People think that they can grow quickly, and it's almost like seminars. I've done over a 1,000 seminars in my life, and I will actually tell you right now, seminars don't work. I hope you don't do them, Jason, but, (laughs) but it's like people think that they're going to 
just walk out and everything's going to be changed and it doesn't work that way. So it takes a little bit and a little bit and a little bit, just like martial arts, for example, to get really good. You've got to go through the basics for years to get good. So I th you understand that as if anybody does. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. Well, you know, what, what really just excited me about that was the fact that, you know, talking about doing this consistently, mm. um, as I'm sure you've seen in your experience, so many folks, you know, get, get bit by the bug and they, they want to do a whole bunch of stuff and then they stop doing the stuff yeah. and they stop seeing the success. Mm-hmm. So this uh, this is very exciting to me. You know, one of the one of the biggest reasons. Um, you know, I'm always searching for folks who have a special skill set that you know not only is just a marketable one, but more importantly, is a life changer. And you know, your name keeps popping or kept popping up, and obviously keeps popping up um, anytime I started looking for folks who specialize in in goal setting and goal getting. So let me ask a quick question. What do you feel are some goal-setting techniques that actually produce results? Because we've all seen some that, you know, do nothing except make us feel good. But I'll tell you what, um, the way that I look at goals, Jason, is um, a long-term goal. Long-term goal is a one-year goal. And a short-term goal is about a three-month goal. And what I find when I'm working with companies, when I'm working with students and things, people just get off track after about three months. And so they have to recalibrate to get back on track. And so the things that I see that works is, is let, let me give you a great example here. If Jason, I said to you that I was, uh, let's pretend I'm overweight, and I say to you, Jason, uh, it's January 1st, I'm going to lose 50 pounds by December 31st. Well, subconsciously, 50 pounds is too much for my subconscious to really grasp. And so my subconscious will start fighting me all the way to that. But if I change it and I say to you, Jason, I'm going to lose, let's say, 12 pounds by April 1st, you know, so three months. Well, my subconscious mind will accept that because that's about a pound a week. And so when you break it down into small like that, it, your subconscious will actually work with you better and if you really think about that, 12 pounds in three months, if you multiply that times four, you've got 48 pounds. But I think what people do wrong a lot is they just try to bite off more than they can chew, and then they get frustrated because the goal is just way too big for them, and, and it doesn't work. You know? And then they fall out, and then they blame everybody but themselves many times because they don't want to do that. But um, you know, I've, got, I've got a system of setting goals, um, you know, uh, that actually works really, really good if you want me to go into it. Would you mind? I, I would absolutely love to, but probably many of your listeners have heard of what is called SMART goals, and, you know, there's an acronym for that. Uh, most people that I talk with have heard it, but the problem is people set goals and they don't get super specific about what it is that they want. So let me give you an example. The S, let me just give the acronym first, and then we can kind of talk about it. But the S stands for specific. So the more specific that you can actually make a goal, the better off it's going to be. The M stands for measurable. Uh, I had a, a student that I was working with last, I believe it was November, but we were doing November, December, and January as far as like a three-month goal. And the student first came up with, I want to get better at time management. 
Well, how specific is that, Jason? Not at all. Clear as mud. You know, right. So what we ended up with, you know, we spent some time really talking about the goal, and what we actually ended up with was that this student was actually going to learn and then begin to master six techniques of time management. Okay, now that's a very measurable goal, six, okay? And we would know whether that would actually work or not. Then the A stands for actionable. So actionable, the way I look at it, means that it's actually under your control. You can actually take action on it. It's not somebody else's goal. The R stands for realistic. Uh, you know, here we are halfway through the month, but if I was to say to you, Jason, I'm going to lose 20 pounds by by the 30th, is that going to work? No. No. Absolutely not. Unless I, like, take a chainsaw to my leg, that's not going to happen. <laughs> but but if I say to you that I'm going to lose uh, three pounds by, you know, the end of the month, then absolutely that's going to work. And then the T stands for time-specific. And this is something I learned from a behavioral psychologist. When you set a goal, you want to have a time in there, like a date. Like you don't say by the end of the year, you say by December 31st. You don't You don't say by the beginning of the month. You actually say by April, or April 1st or whatever it might be. But there's something about, for example, the, the Internal Revenue Department. When do they tell you to have your taxes in? April 15th. Right. They don't say anything about, well, just send it in when you're feeling like it this spring. You know? Sometime or, yeah, sometime in the spring. <laughs> sometime in the spring. Sometime in the spring. It doesn't work that way. So, so if you have a date, then psych, psych, psychologically that works better because it's, it's not vague that you actually go, go through there. So once you set the goal, and uh, another just, if I could give you a couple more little tips on this. Please. The, the goal should be very specific, but only one sentence long. Uh, and shorter is better. Shorter is always better. You want to write your goal as an affirmation statement. And I'm going to ask you, Jason, what does that mean to you when I say affirmation statement? Well, an affirmation is more like, um, I, for me, I'm losing 30 pounds by April 23rd. Perfect. Okay, and, and real good words that you just used there was I am. Uh, I always tell our students, always say I, I have or I am when you're starting a goal. Or I'm going to say at least 90% of the time. If it's a team, you can change that a little bit. But uh, you write it as an affirmation statement. You also want to write your goal in the present tense. Now, the reason being another psychology thing that most people don't know, if you write your goal like I'm going to... Uh, like you just said, lose 30 pounds by, let's say, November 1st or something. That's in the future tense, and your subconscious mind doesn't believe it because it's always future. Okay? Hmm. So if you write your goal as, I have lost 30 pounds by, you know, whatever the date could be, then your subconscious mind actually understands it and gets it. And let me give you one more tip, and, and we'll go in here. But whenever you write a goal, be it a personal goal or very, very important to have very specific one or two business goals every quarter that you're working on. You want to you want to actually have one or two words in there that resonate with you. 
And they're, they're words that when you hear them, Jason, they, they go thud. Here, here's, here's a good, I, I don't know if you, I'm older than you are. I do know that. But uh, we used to have these things called tuning forks. That, that I know it very well. Yeah. Okay. Very well. well. You, you can hear this, but if there's certain words that when you hear them, they just do this. <laughs> and it's like a thud, okay? But there's other words that when you personally hear them, they kind of go zing, you know, and they just sound great. So you want to put those words in there so that when you read that goal, when you read that affirmation to yourself over and over and over and over again, it gives you energy. And that's hard to do, to be quite frank with you. So that's something we help our students with. That makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. It absolutely makes a lot of sense. I love that. You know, this just hit me. You know, one of the primary things that, um, the primary skill sets that I find to be consistent with all of the, the more successful folks I work with is they've got amazing presentation skills. Uh, and not just as teachers, but also, I mean, let's face it, we're all in sales. Sure. Okay. Whether you're selling a belief or you're selling a, a package of lessons, we're selling. So, how do you how, how do folks develop dynamic presentation skills? I would have to say, and just from my point of view, it would be practice and practice and practice. I, I would also say a great little tip would be to go to uh, TED Talks. Are you familiar with those? Very. Okay, and just watch some of the ones that have been viewed, you know, millions of times. And most of those people are not professional speakers. But they have learned how to do it, and they have practiced enough to where uh, you can really learn a lot by watching those short little presentations. And what is it, Jason? I think what's the longest they can speak? Twenty minutes? I I, you know what? I, I don't know that I've ever seen one longer than call it eighteen, twenty minutes. It, it's some. They have a cutoff. I know the only person that's ever two people have broken that cutoff. One was Bill Gates, and one was. Uh, President Clinton, and they just said, "You do what it would do what you want to do, you know, basically." But everybody else, I mean, literally, they will yank you off the stage at the end of 18 minutes. And but just great, great stuff. Um, there's a lot of little techniques that you can use. Give me, give me a for example, what you're talking about. Well, I think one of the biggest things for folks is they tend to get scared anytime they're talking either about financials. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I get these questions a lot. Well, you know, I've got junior level staff. How do I get them comfortable asking for money? Yeah. Um, and then from a delivery perspective, how do you get really good at you know teaching and motivating at the same time? Can I go after the the last part first? Absolutely. I fully believe that people. Uh, learn and are mesmerized by stories. And so if you can, you know, just a real simple way to do it is first thing you want to do is you want to tell whatever your audience is what you're getting ready to tell them. You know, so what's the point? And you you actually can start that right at the very beginning and just say, this is what we're going to talk about. Then you make the point that you want to make or what it, what's the lesson. But then if you can come up with two or three real life applications uh, to where you're actually telling a story. And I think this is the key right here. If instead of looking, 
instead of you being aware that there's an audience in front of you, you're actually in your mind watching the story as you tell the story, hmm. then that's where they are too. And, and they're in their minds, and they're not even watching you any anymore. They're, they're seeing you, but they're actually in the field or in the office building or on the boat or wherever it might be. And I think that's what great, great speakers do is they learn how to tell those stories. And then lastly, they go back and they remake the point that they started with. And if you can do those things and just tell those stories and just practice the stories enough to where they flow and you see them and you're, you know, you and I right now, we, you don't have a, well, you might have a script in front of you of questions, but you and I are flowing right now, so we did not rehearse this. We don't, so we're just kind of running. Absolutely. And not, not one of us is saying right now, well, hold, hold tight, just stop for a second. Let's erase that part and let's start over. <laughs> life, does, life doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way, right. But when people get in front of, of groups like that, they freeze up because they're thinking about what they're saying as opposed to just going for the flow. Mm. Another thing that I would suggest, um, you know, around the country, there's a thing called Toastmasters. Love Are you it. Familiar with those? Very. Yeah. Uh, incredible organization. Um, if you're scared of speaking, I mean, I'll be quite frank with you. I've been doing this for about 13, 14 years as far as speaking and, and coaching businesses. But the speaking part, when I first started, can I tell you a story? Please. Okay. I hired a coach, 2002. I had worked in the restaurant business for about 20 years. Uh, I had worked, you know, had done real well with two really large chains. And then I went to work at a software company. I had three sons, and I was missing too many of their games, and I just had to get out of the restaurant business. And so I worked with them for about seven, eight years. And then I got tired of corporate life. And so I hired a coach, and one question he asked me was, if you could be anything in the world, what would you be? And I was working, I was a vice president of a software company doing very well. And I said, it just came out, I said I would be some sort of a, I think I even said motivational speaker, and I hate that now, but, <laughs> but I would be some sort of a motivational speaker, and I would help people improve their lives. And he looked at me, and he said, dude, why aren't you doing that? And I said, well, I've got three sons at home. You know, one's getting ready to go to college. Uh, I've got a mortgage. I've got a wife. You know, I need, you know, and he says, but, man, that is who you are. So that was in October of 2002. In February of 2003, I was in a really nice hotel in Burlington, Vermont. I live right outside of Atlanta, speaking to 71 people about how to be better leaders for the whole day. It was like a 9 o'clock in the morning to 4 o'clock in the afternoon seminar that I was doing. First time I'd ever done one. Scared to death. I bet you were. My palms were sweating. Uh, I, I, I don't know if anybody else in the world has this, but when I get nervous, my nose runs. <laughs> and so, I mean, that's freaky. I, I don't even know what. But I had a box of Kleenex up front, and I was so freaking out that at the very beginning, I introduced myself, and I said, folks, I'm, I'm really sorry. I've got a cold today, so I'm probably going to be blowing my nose. <laughs> and all I was doing, I was just freaking out. But at the end of the day, 
these people walked up and they said, that was awesome. That was so good. You know, and I'm going, really? <laughs> Did you really think? And I thought, I want to do that again. I just want to do that again. You know, and so it started, but it was just like the scaredness and all lasted for months. But, uh, what's the old saying? Do the thing you fear and the death of fear is certain. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I love that. Mm. I love it. I love it. I love it. Wow. So let me ask you a question. With with your experience, um, this is something that I know a lot of our folks are dealing with right now. <clears throat> so I feel like it's somewhat timely. I'm guessing you probably had a negative um, uh, an experience with a negative employee or two in your time. Oh yeah. Any uh, any words of wisdom that our folks can take away from what you went through and and what you experienced and what you've learned? So in other words, if if some of your listeners would have people that they're just having a real hard time dealing with. Absolutely. I mean, I know how I used to handle that, but, you know, as my staff used to say that, you know, I was always a hammer looking at everything like a nail. So yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sure there are better ways. Well, let me let me give you a few little points uh, that your hopefully your listeners could write down. But number one, the number one thing is you have to address the behaviors. I would not ever address attitude. Uh, although, no doubt, some of them have really, really bad attitudes. But what happens is, when a, if a person has a real good attitude, Jason, what sort of behaviors would they show? Well, if you know, their behaviors are usually representative of that. So they're 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 harder workers. They're they're happy. They're you know they're they're way more motivated. Absolutely. So they they. They're going to do the, you know, they're going to show up to work on time. They're going to stay later if need be, whatever it might be. But if a person has a really negative attitude, what kind of behaviors might they show? Well, <laughs> the, the the polar opposite, you know. Absolutely. You know, their yeah. their works their work suffers like anything else. Missing too much work, uh, low quality work, uh, rolling their eyes at you, different things like that. So the key is you want to go after behaviors. And a behavior, the way that the way that I'd like your listeners to think about it would be anything that you can see or hear. So, for example, if somebody if somebody shows up to work late, that's a behavior. If somebody, um, let's say, spreads gossip around the office, that's a behavior. You know, but never ever ever talk about attitude. Always go after the behaviors. Real good thing to do is when you're dealing with those negative employees is to sit down before you speak with them and write down what are the negative behaviors that you're seeing or hearing. Make a list. Then I would only pick one, maybe two of those behaviors to go after, and I would make those the most serious ones. So, you know, if you're looking at, let's say you've got six or seven or eight different behaviors, you want to pick What's the one that's most bothering you or that's most problematic for the business? And then go after that one. If you go after four or five or six of them, they're going to feel like you're attacking them and nothing's going to change. Okay. Mm. I would always also use eye language. Like I've noticed, I've observed lately, I've seen that you've and then named the behavior, whatever it might be. Then you have to tell them what the right expectation would be that you want. And then this is where most people kind of miss it, but you have to hold them accountable to that after you have the conversation. If you don't, it's like you're just wasting your time. 
you're totally wasting your time. That's actually really, really helpful. I mean, the fact that you're not addressing the attitude, you're addressing the behavior is enormous. One, one thing I would add, let me just add one other thing, but whenever you have a conversation like that, and I'm not sure, you know, I know you have listeners all over the country and state laws are all different, but you need to document the conversation. And for where I live, for example, uh, several of the states that I've lived in, it's pretty much the same. You can write it down on anything uh, as far as the courts go. You could write it down literally on a Kleenex. Uh, just, you know, put the date, put the employee's name, put what you talked about with them, and then you sign it. But if you ever go to a labor court or get sued for, like, wrongful termination, the very first thing that they're going to do is they're going to subpoena your uh, or the employee's file. And if you don't have that documentation, even though you can swear up and down that, yeah, I had all these conversations with them, they just, uh, in the eyes of the law, you never had the conversation. The average wrongful termination suit, you want to hear something crazy, this was... I think it was around 2011 or 2010, so it's higher now. But the average wrongful termination suit resulted in a $400,000 judgment. 71% of the time, the employee won. Oof. So for, think about, you know, your, your targets. You know, most of your, most of your listeners are owners of small businesses, small entrepreneurs. If they got hit with a $400,000, you know, hit, They'd be out of business. That would be it. Lights yeah, out. He got that right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. That's enormous. Yeah. It's absolutely really enormous. Well, Pretty yeah, scary. The, my, I, I've got one more which is kind of tied to this question. And it's, sure. you know, I'm, I'm very protective of my time and my energy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's some of the things that I talk to all of my folks about you know, about how protective you actually need to be on, you know, who you let into that sphere. So, you know, how do you deal with, you know, the energy drainers? Uh, g- give me an example of what you would call an energy drainer, because there's a lot of different types. Well, you know, I, I would basically say the folks who, again, you're, you're generally talking about staff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I guess maybe, you know, in some, in some instances, maybe you wouldn't be. Perhaps you're dealing with, um, peers in your industry mm-hmm. who want to call and suck your brain dry, um, of, of anything positive. I have, I have one client who tells me, oh, you know, one of my best friends is telling me that everything you're teaching me is wrong. Mm-hmm. I see that. And your profit margin has gone from 6% to 28% in the last six months. Which part was wrong with that? Mm. Um, but again, I mean, everybody has those folks in their life. Personally, uh, I I don't suffer that very long. You know, if somebody, I'm a very strong proponent of you become the average of the five people that you spend, spend the most time with in life. Now, that's the quote, and I don't know who said that, but I think there's a lot of wisdom in that. Um, I personally... Uh, you were just talking about like a client. I have fired clients before who drained me. Uh, I want to work with people who I would call thirsty. In other words, they're always looking for more. They're open. They're students. They're, uh, they want to grow, you know. And there are people out there, some of the energy drainers that just bother me the most are the ones that just 
they know it all. They're asking you for more, but they won't listen to what you're saying. And it's like, I don't, I don't, I don't even want to take their money. So as far as, um, you know, an energy drainer like that, I would just stop the relationship with them. Uh, I can think of a lot of other types of energy drainers, like people that bother you, or let's say, for example, if you're trying to get work done, uh, there's an old saying, uh, people who have nothing to do want to do it with you. <laughs> you know, and I'm sure that a lot of your people have just people that come in and they just want to talk and all that kind of stuff. You know, there's a lot of things that you can do with that. For example, um, I used to do this all the time when I had an office and people would come in. I would stand up, walk around my desk. Uh, I wouldn't sit back down, and then I would kind of grab by their arm, and I, we'd talk. But we would be walking back down the hall that they came from, and I'd figure, you know, I'd come up with an answer for them, whatever to their problem was. But then I would deposit them at their office. <laughs> and then I'd say, well, does that take care of them? And they'd go, yeah, it really does. And I'd go, okay, great, see ya. And I'd turn back around and go to my office, you know. But I, w I would not, uh, I would always stand up, and I would always move. And I'm kind of, you and I are probably very similar. I'm a pretty physical person. So when I would stand up and walk, start walking with them, they had no idea what I was doing. They just thought, well, that's what Robert does. He's always walking around doing stuff, you know. But I had a plan to get out of it. Uh, <laughs> that's pretty good. <laughs> that's fabulous. Absolutely fabulous. Uh, I, let me tell you one more, just a drainer. And I was talking with my partner, Bill Watkins, about this yesterday, but... Um, you know, let me give you one little tip that will save you so much time just on the telephone. Something that I've used within the last year or so, but AT&T did a study. Your, your listeners are entrepreneurs, so they're always getting phone calls. There's all these business-related calls that they're having to deal with. So many of them probably feel like they spend way too much time on the uh, phone. The average work-related telephone call, according to AT&T, is 12 minutes long. And that's an unplanned telephone call. So just that's the average. Oh, Lord. If you will take 15 seconds and write down what the purpose of the call is, it actually drops it from 12 minutes down to 7 minutes. Five minutes that you're going to do. But let's, let's pretend it takes you a minute to figure out what's the purpose of the call, whatever. If you can save four minutes per telephone call, and let's say that you have 10 calls per day, or tw if you have 20 calls per day, which I'm sure many of your listeners do, 20 times four is 80 minutes. That's an hour and 20 minutes just by taking the time to be proactive about thinking what the heck you're going to talk about it before picking up the telephone call. So that's really, for many people, an energy drainer that they can fix almost immediately. Oh, absolutely. Hmm. Absolutely. You know, and what's funny is I don't, I don't have any phone calls without actually without an agenda. So yeah, uh, <laughs> my, my, my favorite thing to do is actually turn my phone on to uh, airplane mode. Oh, yeah. And work. Very, very smart. You, you remember what happened like a, a while ago before we actually had cell phones that interrupted any work getting done? Wasn't it awesome? <laughs> I, I left a... a uh, a cell phone. I was in Portland, Oregon, flying down to San Jose, and I was helping this little little old lady in front of me try to go through the screening line. And for, somehow, my cell phone ended up in her little gray basket. 
but I got all the way out to the gate and I was looking for my phone. I'm going, where in the heck is my phone? But I had to get on the plane, ran back to security. They didn't have it. She had taken it with her to turn into security. But for one week, I didn't have the phone. Best week I've had in the last three years. I bet. It was awesome. I, I didn't I didn't even know my wife's telephone number. So I, it was kind of a crazy thing. But I, I ended up calling the number that I knew, and it happened to be my son's telephone number. And I was like, just tell everybody I know I don't have my phone. I can't talk to anybody. And it was stress-free week. Yeah, it's. Uh, we should all head back to those days. We should. So, right. you know, it is now time for our resource of the week. So, Robert, tell me this. How do our listeners find out more about you and how about you go how do you go about helping entrepreneurs to succeed? Well I'll tell you what, the name of our company is called Rusty Lion Academy. So it's at RustyLionAcademy.com. And we you and I talked about this a little bit earlier, but we came up with a, a deal that we would like to do for you at Real Deal. But if your listeners would go to RustyLionAcademy.com backslash real deal. Just Spell it out, R-E-A-L-D-E-A-L, and put that in there. We actually have a 45-minute goal-setting training that they can watch. And this is what I do with every one of our clients. We actually start with this, and they will, at the end of that 45 minutes, be able to write their own goals for themselves, for their business and their personal life, but they can also have their employees go through it and learn how to do it, too. And it's really a life-changer. I love that. I, mm-hmm. I appreciate you offering that. And, and, you know, folks, one of the biggest challenges in the after-school activity industry, since we spend so much time away from our own families, um, is making sure you take some time to set some goals on, on what you want your family life to be like, what you want your relationships to be like. Because remember, like, we do all this work for a reason. Uh, let's make sure that reason doesn't disappear. You know, it's kind of funny. One of our students, uh, just about a week or so ago, we were talking and we were coming up with goals for uh, this quarter that we just started. And one thing that came up was his his wife is in her third trimester of pregnancy. So he's going to have a baby in about five weeks from now. And so the goal that he wants to work on is becoming a great father and actually trying to figure out what a great father is. Uh, and it's a very specific goal that we actually come, came up with him. But it was just amazing. So life changes, and you need to change with it by these goals. Absolutely. I love that. All right. I have, I have one final question I'd love to close my podcast with, and I, I, I can't wait to hear your answer. So if you could give business owners just one solid piece of advice to either help their business or more importantly, help them to live a better life. What piece of advice would that be? I would say the advice that I would give would be to get into the rhythm of setting quarterly goals and only doing it so that it's realistic enough to be done during that quarter and watch what happens. Uh, We actually have 10 different life categories that we go after, but we only go after business in one of those per quarter. And that right there, I've seen people that we've worked with just have incredible success, but it's little by little by little. I love that. Yeah, break it down inch by inch, right? That's it. That's it. Fabulous. Robert, thank you so much for joining me today. I know how busy your schedule is, and it means the world to me that you'd share some time and some of your wisdom with us. My pleasure, Jason. Thank you.
Folks, that is all the time we've got today. Thank you so much for tuning in to The Real Deal with Jason Silverman. For more information about private coaching or to see if you'd benefit from one of our mastermind groups, visit me over at www.jasonmsilverman.com. I look forward to helping you achieve the success that you truly deserve. Until next time, let me leave you with this. Get out there and be the real deal. Set a goal. Make a plan. Work like hell towards it and achieve the success that's waiting for you. Now's the time. Get out there and make it happen. Go get them, people. This has been Jason Silverman, and I hope you have a spectacular week. You've been listening to The Real Deal with Jason Silverman. To access the great resources mentioned in the show and for information on coaching and mastermind group opportunities with Jason, please visit jasonmsilverman.com.